0: Hello, Celtics Life fans. Welcome inside Playoff Podcast. I'm Topher Lane alongside Luis Gonzalez. We're talking about free agent targets in the playoff landscape, starting off with Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Blake Griffin, and uh, one more. Who's our last guy, Luis? Uh, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward, yes. Yeah. So we got some big names, How can right? you
2: forget Gordon Hayward? I mean, he should, he should be at the top of every Celtics fan's list, I think. Right. Well... Most
0: of these guys are going to be... Well, so Jimmy Butler and Paul George are locked up, at least under contract. But they're guys that the Celtics would want to trade for. Uh, you know, I mean, guys that we were looking at at the trade deadline. And with the kind of the landscape of the playoffs right now, they're possibly on the market over the course of the offseason. But unrestricted free agents will be Blake Griffin and the guy that, that I miss. So let's start off with Gordon Hayward former Brad Stevens star back at Butler. What are your thoughts on the possibility of Celtics landing Gordon Hayward with the way that the Jazz are doing right now, Luis?
2: I mean, it's really hard to say. It's no secret that Hayward did play under Brad Stevens, and everybody would love to see him in green, especially after the career year that he's been having. It's hard. Like I said, it's just hard to say. The Jazz are playing pretty well. I really think that they're going to end up winning their series. So it's hard to say if... The Jazz do end up winning their series, move on to the next round, and let's say the Celtics pull this series off and move on to the next round as well. Uh, it, it's hard to say what what direction Hayward decides to go in. I mean, the Jazz, like I just said, if they move on to the second round, I don't think they're going to get any worse next year. So he may be inclined to stick around, but the, the temptation of going to play for Brad Stevens again is... Obviously there. Boston is an up and coming team just like the Jazz are.
0: How much do you think it means to him to go back to, to Brad Stevens? I don't it's I don't know. Because he's got a player option, right? And and you're right. The the Jazz are doing really well. They do have a lot of guys who could leave. They've got a lot of a lot of free agents. I'm not sure if they I don't know what their cap space looks like. They've got uh George Hill, I think, is their point guard. They've got yeah. a handful of guys that they um they were going to want to pay.
2: Yeah. They can't, they can't but, pay them all.
0: Yeah, but then with the new cap, you know, how much can they pay them? Yeah. Is Gordon Hayward a max deal guy? Obviously, he's kind of the centerpiece of their franchise, at least right now, but they've also got uh, Rudy Gobert, the Stifle Tower. You know, they've got a lot of guys that they need to just think about paying. Yeah. How valuable is is Gordon in that? I think that they would put everything towards him, but then what's they lose because of that? And then on the other side of the coin, You know, how much, how important is money? The Celtics can offer a max deal. They can't offer the five years. They can only offer the four, but they can still offer the the max deal to him. And then he can come back and play for his college coach, a guy who, you know, it's a great relationship. That was a really, the the Butler team that Hayward played on, went to the championship game, almost won against Duke. Now that was, that was mostly just because of this fantastic relationship that Hayward had with Brad Stevens. How valuable do you think that is to him? To want to come back and play for Stevens, and what do you think that mean for the Celtics on the court?
2: Yeah, for sure. Hayward had some pretty special years um, under Brad Stevens at Butler, and it's it's crazy how Butler went from this unknown team to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very underrated team, very uh, sort of under the radar team. Uh, so I definitely think that the the relationship will help the Celtics come summertime. I definitely think that. That is a factor. I certainly don't think it's a non factor. So, if he does end up signing with Boston, I I can imagine that having Brad Stevens as the head coach is the driving factor. That plus, you know, playing alongside Isaiah Thomas and Jalen Brown, presumably next year. You know, Al Horford it, too. Yeah, yeah Horford, it's
0: a fit all around. I mean, you'd stretch the floor insanely well.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, he would be coming into a really, really, really good situation with a great fan base. Uh, you know, bigger market, uh, more opportunities for his career to grow outside of basketball. I mean, I think I think Utah's a pretty relatively small market compared to Boston. Uh, so maybe wow. that's a factor. Although I don't think it is for somebody like Gordon Mayward. He seems like a pretty low key guy. I don't. He, he never strikes me. As, he hasn't. He doesn't strike me as a type of guy that would, you know, like go play in L.A. just because it's L.A. You know. Uh, I need to.
0: I need to take like a minute to chime back on that. Utah does have a really, a really great kind of heritage as far as basketball goes. You know, you had, had John sure. Stockton who, who played for the Jazz. Uh, Malone. Yep. For the. I mean, they've got. They've got some great. Some great players and a really dedicated fan base. One that's, that's really embraced Hayward as, as the centerpiece of the franchise. So let's, let's kind of look at why we're talking about this. So this is an effort. The podcast is this po- specific edition of the podcast is to focus on how these series are going to affect their free agency odds. And the Jazz have a 3-2 lead right now over the Clippers as the 5-4 matchups. So right now they're, they're pulling the upset, um, with a chance to take home or finish off the series in game six on Friday night. So they've got a chance to to win in six against a Clippers team that we've talked about having an amazing roster for five years now, you know? So if they can force this upset, if, I think it's the first time that they've been to playoffs since like 2011, I want to say. I could be completely wrong on that, but like it's been a while since they've been back in the playoffs. How does this series affect his free agency odds? I think if they win and they can stay competitive against the Warriors in the second round, I think that'd make it a lot harder for him to decide to leave, even if it is for Brad Stevens and the Celtics.
2: I do think that we do we have to remember the fact that he does play in the West and you have the mighty Golden State Warriors waiting for you at the top. I think, even though in the East it is Cleveland, I think it's probably an easier road to the finals in the East than it is in the West. For sure, especially with LeBron getting older. Golden State is a pretty young team at this point. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another factor, maybe wanting to get out of the West where you have this almost unstoppable team in Golden State versus the East where you have a team in Cleveland that you know you can beat. You just need to be you know, pretty top-heavy with your All-Stars.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Well, that being said, the Celtics took the one seed, you know? That and, is a bad uh, point. It, like I mean, yeah, I, I, that, that kind of that goes alongside what you're saying about the Cavs. The Cavs are fallible. You know, yes, yeah. it's, it's it's doable to take down the Cavs.
2: Yeah, I'm and not. I, mean, the- I don't want to say that or make it seem like the Cavaliers are an easy out. Of course, mm-hmm. they're not. Mm-hmm. But comparing Golden State to Cleveland in the playoffs, uh, I just I, I feel like it would be easier to get past Cleveland than it would Golden State. So how?
0: I, I I am always on the fence about this. How valuable do you think it is the road to the finals when a team is looking at you know their offers as far as free agency goes? How how
2: valuable do you think that is? I think it's extremely valuable. I, I mean, it's not like you you want to come into a situation knowing that you have the toughest road to the finals. Yeah, but
0: like, I mean I'm trying to think of a free agent who's like decided to go east because he was worried about how hard it'd be to get to the finals in the West. Like I feel like if you like a team. And it's clear that Gordon Hayward is, I mean, he's been in the league for four years now, five. What? How long has he been in the league? Four, four years, I want to say. I need to look up his Four or five, stuff. <laughs> but he's, uh, well, he's been in the league since 2010, I guess, so seven years. Wow. Oh, really? I'm But he, so he's been, Wonder. he's been through his rookie contract and a uh, second contract, which was a, a great deal. And, you know, he's been, like I said, embraced by the, his fan base. He spent his entire career in Utah. And he, he fits the, the system well. He seems to like the team that he's on. And you know, they've made serious strides with with these moves that they've made. If they can add a couple pieces around him, you know, maybe they are a team that can tend with the with the Warriors and the and the Spurs. But, you know, I mean, what does he think his role will be on that team? And then how valuable do you think that is as far as if they can win the series against the Clippers? Team does have that great roster. And then if they can fight against the Warriors in the second round, maybe he seriously considers sticking with the, with the Jazz, considering he knows that they're less talented than the Warriors.
2: I think that the situation that Gordon Hayward finds himself in, in, in now is pretty similar to that, the, same situa- the situation that Al Horford found himself in last year. He was on a pretty good Hawks team, went to the conference finals a few years back, and they were a good team. But he decided to go to Boston. Even though, you know, his Atlanta team beat Boston. So I don't know. Obviously it's going to come down to what he feels is a better fit for him. We have to be cognizant of the fact that just because the Jazz may move on to the next round and who knows, let's say they, they beat Golden State for some, or somehow and end up in the conference finals. Just because he gets to the conference finals with that Jazz team does not mean that he's like, He's been now going to say, okay, look, we got to the conference finals. I should probably stick around.
0: Oh, I think that's the X factor. I think if they can get through the Warriors, then he absolutely stays with the Jazz. Because <sighs> I, especially if you're saying that, like you know, guys are trying to go to the East to to make sure they've got the clearest road to the finals. I think he understands that the Jazz are not a team that can typically. I I, I think he understands that the Warriors are the top dog in the in the West, and yeah. if his Jazz can beat them in the playoffs, a team that just swept a pretty good team in the. In the Portland Trailblazers, I think if they can even fight with him, take it to six games, I think he probably stays in Utah.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because in that sense, he would probably look at it like, I'm probably the missing piece plus somebody else. Yep, exactly. To get over the hump. But again, it, it's hard to say. It's really hard to say. Yeah, I, I, Al Horford was in the conference finals, and they could have presumably been a piece away.
0: Well,. Part of why, I'm not sure if it was, I think he won really trust in Steven's system, but part of it, and I think what he'd said back when he signed with with Boston in July, was that just the atmosphere of playing in Boston is a huge part of of why he made his decision. That even though we were down, did it go to six? We were down three, two. It
2: went, yeah, it went six.
0: Yeah, we were down three, two, and like fans were still cheer, even though we were trailing by like 15 points, fans were still going like hard. Like yeah. just the just the atmosphere of Boston is part of what pulled Al Horford from you know his home team.
2: I mean, Boston has some pretty solid fans.
0: Yeah, and so the Jazz do too. And I I don't have any way of indicate. I've never been to to Salt Lake City to, to see the Jazz play. I almost came, went this past February, but I didn't get a chance to go. But you know, I mean, from what I've heard, they're they're really dedicated fans. And like I said, they've they've really centered around Hayward. And so obviously, I think that this series plays a huge role. I think if Clippers can come back and win this series somehow. They've got to win two games straight. Yeah. If they can if they can do that, I think that, that Hayward, you know, it, it makes it a lot more likely that we leave uh or that he leaves and comes to Boston. But part of that is Blake Griffin, who's the other free agent that is gonna be actually a free unrestricted free agent. He's uh on that Clippers team that's trailing by one game with a chance to get knocked out on Friday.
2: Yep. And what do you think I- about Blake Griffin? I definitely think that they're going to lose that series. Okay. It,
0: Quick, do you think that Blake Griffin do you want the Celtics to chase chase Blake Griffin?
2: No. 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 Explain. He, he's he's too injury prone. I was reading an article, I think in the Ringer earlier today or yesterday, I think it may have been today. He's had like how many surgeries in the past 3 4 years? He's he's pretty fragile. Um and I think that that's that's enough. You don't want to sign this guy to some $20 million a year deal, you know, $18 mil, whatever it is, whatever the number is. It's going to be a pretty high figure. It'd be more than 20 I think. Yeah, it definitely. Like, yeah, let's say, let's call it $23 million a year. You don't want to pay a guy $23 million a year knowing that he might not play 60 games. It's, it's a really tough call. This, I don't, th- that's not to say that he... Isn't super talented. He is. We all know that he is. We we know what he brings to the table in his athleticism. Um, um, he's not the greatest sh- like pure shooter, but well, you know he's gotten
0: significantly better. He can yeah, he's press the floor well enough.
2: Yeah, enough he, to he, get he would, by the room. Yeah, he would be a great fit. The problem is, I don't I don't feel comfortable paying him the the high figure that he's going to command and be while knowing that you know, he's probably not going to play 82 games.
0: Well, a max deal for Blake would be about 30. Oof, even worse. I mean, you, you, that's and, horrible. You know, I mean, we've, we've got our, our chat and Justin Quinn, who's our numbers guy. You know, he was saying that he thinks with his injury history, there's a possibility that he wouldn't command a max deal, but you're right. It'd be 23 upwards of 23, all the way up to 30 possibility. Yeah.
2: It's too risky. It's way too risky.
0: But yeah, and I I'm on your side, I think, where I, I would be willing to pay him less than a max deal under the possibility of, of that. Maybe with like team option on the fourth year or something. Not yeah. that not that a player would take that, but yeah, you know, if we could somehow get him like really interested in playing for the Celtics, but just that he can rebound, he can stretch the floor well enough, putting him alongside Al Horford in the front court. I mean, if you think about just the upgrade of our current center, Amir Johnson, to Blake Griffin.
2: Oh, my God. Like, it's
0: just it's just, just the net gain
2: would be so obscene. We would win. We would probably win 60 games.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like, I mean, that, to me, is worth whatever you're paying him, as long as he can stay healthy. With that being said, I'm on your side, and I think he's really not that durable.
2: No, definitely and, not. Um, and
0: that's, that's a concern for me. And the thing, um,
2: the thing with him is that these these injuries sort of continue to build upon each other. And, yeah, yeah, you like, know, one year it's you know the ankle, like, the next yeah. it's, his, it's his hand, and then next thing you know it's... Uh, yeah, lap. like, stress
0: fractures become more likely, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah like, it, it, your body starts to break down.
0: Yeah, and how old is he? He's, like, nearing 30, right? Yeah. Getting close to it. Yeah. And that's, you know, he's not on the wrong side of 30 yet, but, you know, he's got some time. And then, you know, if we sign him to a four-year deal, half of that deal is going to be on his wrong side of 30 and he's already injury prone. Suddenly, you know, a stress fracture in his foot sidelines him for a year and a half because he can't recover from the surgery, right? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I I really like Blake Griffin. You know, I think we need to do something in free agency this year. Yeah, And
2: there's no question about that.
0: If Blake Griffin is that option, Then I I say that it's something that we should seriously consider. And if it's if it's a max deal that gets him, then maybe that's what we have to to do. But it's a you know, Danny Ainge has to take the shot sometime. He's been lining up his sights, he's been doing all this stuff, but he hasn't quite pulled the trigger on anything yet. Yeah. And I'd rather see him do it on Blake Griffin, something that's not a trade, firstly. And, you know, we get an all star, a guy who was in the MVP conversation two, three years ago. You know, could transform this team because we don't have a solid five. We haven't had a solid five since Kevin Garnett.
2: That was a long time ago. So, it's
0: I, I think it's worth it. You know, whether you put Al Horford at the five or Blake Griffin at the five, whichever you do, we, we'd have to play small, but it's something that I think the Celtics team could do, and I think it'd be really fun to see Blake alongside Al, and we'd actually up our rebounding. I think. So, yeah. and it adds it's, some tenacity to our front court.
2: If if someone could predict the future and tell me that Blake Griffin would not suffer an injury within the next three years, go ahead, go ahead and give him a max deal. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, we would win 60 games, no problem. If we more or less kept the same team, obviously so we're going to have a lot of pieces that are going to have to walk or we're going to have to let walk to free some cap space. But if he's, if everybody else is gone, you know, the Haywards, the Butlers, et cetera, et cetera, and he's the last option left on the table, I can see them, you know, taking a gamble on him.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we've already talked. I mean, first question, I guess, as far as this podcast, co- podcast goes, does he try and stay with the Clippers?
2: I, it depends on what happens with Chris Paul. I think,
0: well, Chris Paul's got a player option. I yeah. think I, th- and JJ Redick also is a free agent. So yeah. they're, they're like basically of their big four, three and a half. If you count JJ Redick, they have a chance at losing three. And I think it's going to be like a domino effect. I think you're right. Yeah. But I think, Blake is the first domino.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, he he's the biggest unknown on that team. I yeah. mean, Chris Paul has 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 a place. Like he's he's proven himself. He hasn't sustained that many injuries or been very few, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think I think CP3 belongs. I think yeah, it's and he should stay there and I think that's probably what he will do. But Blake, it's it's a question of like, you know, does who is it who's the GM of, of that team now? Is it still does Doc have the? It's if, Doc, yeah. Doc, Doc is the has,
2: coach and the GM.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I I just think that. You know, they lose this series. I just can't imagine Blake wanting to stay because we've they've had such a great roster, for so long. Yep. And they can't do anything with it.
2: <laughs> nope. They haven't gotten past the second round.
0: Yeah. And so it's just like I I say Blake leaves if they lose this series, regardless yeah. of of whatever offer the Clippers make. They could offer a max deal. I don't think they will. But they can offer him a max deal, yeah. and uh, you know, it'd be five years. But no, I I say Blake leaves, um, and I think you're right. I think the the Clippers do lose this series, down by yeah. two, um, and they got to win one on the road and then win at home in Game Seven. But
2: now, if that game is tonight, isn't it?
0: No, it's Friday. I think. Ah,
2: oh, I wish it were tonight. Yes,
0: yeah, tonight's like the the least exciting night of basketball, I believe.
2: It, yeah, it's Toronto.
0: Oh, actually, yeah, that's that's true. I think.
2: Toronto, Milwaukee, and I
0: think the Spurs, Spurs, basically. Grizzlies game. Six. That's a good,
2: That's a that's an interesting series. It's been a, a much more interesting. To pull that off. Ooh.
0: Well, so let's spin it to the trade market then. We've been linked to these guys, at least for a year. Longer for Jimmy Butler. Uh, we'll start with Paul George because he's out of the playoffs now. He wanted at the trade deadline. He basically said, "I'm gonna bolt when I'm a free agent next year." If you guys don't put some pieces around me, that's paraphrasing. But, you know, they they traded and, or they actually literally did nothing at the deadline because they were so focused on whether they're going to make a Paul George deal or not. Yeah. And then they get swept by the Cavs as the 7-2 matchup, like crushed. Like they had one game where they were winning by like 25 points and the Cavs came back and won it. It's yeah, just,
2: that that it's was insane. embarrassing. It's I insane. think it was actually a 26 point game. Even better.
0: <laughs> Even better. <laughs> But this just has to prove to Paul George that just unless they make some insane moves on draft night and give him something to go for, something he can really invest in, I don't think, one, he's going to sign an extension that he could this summer, and two, that he's going to even care about what happens until he's a free agent next July, July of 2018. So do you think that—I think that them getting swept— gives the Celtics a huge chance for Larry Bird to start seriously considering offers for for Paul George.
2: My worry with him is, and it was the same thing that I was worried about at the trade deadline, what's it going to cost? I think the cost goes down. Yeah, probably because now they're kind of desperate to get something for him before he walks away for nothing. Do you wait, if you're Larry
0: Bird, do you wait for the trade deadline, February 2018, or do you go on draft night? for the Brooklyn pick along with like pieces for sure. But
2: I can see it going either way. I would understand the, 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 the thought behind waiting till uh, February trade deadline to see how the Brooklyn pick has developed. If, if that Brooklyn pick is like, you know, really whoever it is, Lonzo, Markel Fultz, whoever, if he's playing like out of his mind, then it's no question.
0: Well, I don't but, if, if Ainge makes a pick, I don't think he's gonna trade whoever he picks. You think so? I think I think well, I think maybe on draft night he will, but I don't think he's gonna. Hmm. I If I think he picks Markel Fultz, I think he's gonna hold. It's gonna be the same like untouchable as Jalen Brown. Like Jalen yeah, Brown is I, not even I, being like, entertained in trade conversations in part because rookie deals are just so great. Yep. And yeah, I just I can't imagine Ainge actually making a pick and then saying, "Yep, no, nope, I'll trade him up." I think Isaiah is more tradable than whoever the Celtics pick, if they do keep the the
2: pick. Yeah. I and mean, we know Isaiah isn't going anywhere unless somebody <laughs> offers Anthony Davis straight up for Isaiah Thomas. Which... Uh, yeah. And, <laughs> and that's, that's an entirely different conversation. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, there are, the deals that I remember hearing were like Avery, it was like three of
2: the four. Yeah. Avery Bradley, Marcus Smart, and Jake uh, Jay Crowder. Crowder.
0: And then like the Brooklyn pick, it was like pick three of four. And that's so if they bring that down to like two, Avery Bradley, Jake Crowder, or Marcus Smart, Jake Crowder. I think that'd be a reasonable trade, along with salary match. Yeah. you know, and then I, maybe maybe the Brooklyn pick. I think that'd be a reasonable trade, and I think that Larry Bird may seriously consider it.
2: I'm cool with letting or trading or putting Avery Bradley in a trade package because he's going to be a free agent next summer anyway, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Not summer 2018.
2: Yeah, so you know, you're you're either going to sign him or you're not. I don't think they're going to be able to afford him. Uh, especially if they pick up uh, Gordon Hayward over the summer, for mm-hmm. example.
0: Yeah, if they sign it, if they ink a back steal, then Bradley, and then unless he, unless he Thomas, takes a serious pay cut, Bradley's yeah. not really realistically in the in this future of the Celtics. Yeah. And, and,
2: yeah, looking ahead, you have to sign Isaiah Thomas. That's probably going to be close to max money. He's going to be asking for a
0: max deal unless something catastrophic happens next year. He's going to be asking yeah. for a max deal.
2: So yeah, Avery Bradley in some sort of trade package for Paul George is it's it's cool, cool with me. It's it'll hurt because we all le- have learned to love Avery Bradley and everything that oh, he yeah. brings to the court. But you gotta you gotta move on from him. Him you gotta move
0: on from him eventually. How do you think as far as Paul George goes? Are you worried that if we do make a trade for him, that he's still going to bolt for
2: L.A.? That has to be in the back of Danny Ainge's mind. I mean, I think he reports, I mean, you know, you have all these anonymous sources. You can't really trust any of them. But let's just say that these sources are are telling the truth and saying that he has expressed a desire to be in L.A. If I'm Danny Ainge, that, that might just be enough for me to not pull the trigger on him. Because you're giving up so much for... It's basically a glorified rental. Well, yes. What if you What if you give up the Brooklyn pick to them, and he leaves for LA? That would That's suck. Risk, but again, I mean, I, I said it a little bit earlier for one year. Of Paul been George been
0: lining up his sites for so long that something's got to happen.
2: I don't think know? he's been lining up his sights for a one year rental with Paul George. And, that would be the the most that would be the the most reckless thing.
0: But what risks have we taken? none really exactly and that's it's you know we're in order to contend we're gonna have to take a risk that's a big risk though it is but paul george just wants to win but we might not even win in a year with him well not not a championship necessarily but if we can show that we can win that like the pieces are there i think that's what matters and then on the other side of that and this goes back to what i was saying about al orford what players say is there's nothing like playing in boston and you don't know it until you're there Okay. And LA's future is a lot more questionable than the Celtics if we make it to the conference finals or the finals with him in one
2: year. Yeah, I mean the Lakers are lottery bound for at least the next two years unless they make some pretty significant moves. But with Magic there now, I think they may be, you know, getting closer.
0: Yeah, but how much can you do sooner? They, if they lose their pick to the Sixers this year. Yeah, that's that's that's, like that's gonna yeah that's the road another two three years. Yeah. You know, like how much can Paul George transform that? And then what would it mean to to compete with the Celtics for a season, to be back on what can be described as a contender, which I think it would be with him in the lineup.
2: Oh, no, absolutely. There's no questioning what he would bring to the table.
0: Yeah. 100%. Looking at the playoffs right now, right? We were talking about it on uh, Wednesday night against the, the Bulls. Game six. Is that game five or game six? Game
2: five. Game six is tomorrow.
0: Yeah. So game six, we're talking about if... Jay Crowder was hitting his shots, right? We yeah. wouldn't even be close. We'd be, we'd be killing it.
2: Yeah, it'd be a blowout.
0: And I talked about it earlier with, with Blake Griffin. The upgrade for Blake Griffin would be upgrading Amir Johnson. The upgrade for Paul George would be upgrading off of Jay Crowder. And yeah. you put an elite scorer at the three, a guy who can play both sides. He's he's an elite defender. He's, he's an elite uh, scorer. He would change the tenor of this team, give Isaiah another score. I mean Al Horford's been really stepping up, but he's not a true scorer. You put Paul George on the court, that makes this team arguably a contender.
2: That's, yeah, know? that's a that's a pretty scary team.
0: And that's that's why I don't mind trading Jay Crowder, whether it's with Avery Bradley, I think Avery Bradley would hurt the least because he's gonna cost the most in the future. So Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder and then the Brooklyn pick this year. I'd rather win now and see where that goes and give, you know, a possibility of extending Paul George plus we get his bird rights with the trade Ooh. so I you know I'm a huge I love Paul George I think he's a great player I love I love his game I, I can't see a reason that Danny Ainge doesn't take that risk for me
2: yeah we'll never know what Danny Ainge is thinking exactly I, I wish, I wish <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I want to be in his mind for five minutes yep see what he's thinking
0: so then the other trade target Jimmy Butler
2: who oh I'm j- obviously just kidding I know who Jimmy Butler is Although, for a second, I was really upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the last g- game five, he he was pretty much a no-show. He was locked down by A.B. Yep. Locked down.
0: Yep. Yes, he, he was. You know, I don't know. It, and this this is where it seriously comes, the playoff series seriously becomes a, a thing. The, the, I think that the uh, Pacers losing to the Cavs, I think that puts Paul George on the market a little bit more. Yeah. This series, if the Celtics win, I think it's safe to say that we're less talented as far as just pure talent goes. The Celtics are less talented than the Bulls. And if you the Bulls are just out-coached and Brad Stevens wills this team through, you know, just putting Gerald Green as the starting center, <laughs> you know, I mean if if he wills this team to the second round, the Bulls are going to either just have a fire sale and just find some kind of combination of trades. Because Rondo showed up for the first two games. They thought Rondo was the problem. Rondo was the solution. You know, Jimmy Butler has played every game. Dwayne Wade has played every game. And they're trailing 3-2 now. So what does that mean for the Bulls front office, do you think?
2: I really think that it helps a lot that Jimmy Butler is playing against the Celtics. Because I think it gives him a lot of insight into what being a Celtic would be like. He's at TD Garden. He probably can hear what they're talking about in the huddles. You see, he's witnessing the atmosphere firsthand for at least so three games, three, four games, or three games at TD Garden. I, I th- if If Jimmy Butler was playing against any other team, I think maybe our chances would have been a, a little slimmer, but the fact that he is playing against Boston only helps us it's the same thing without horford last year
0: well but keep in mind that this isn't his choice this is the front office for the bulls because it's a trade decision so yeah he's locked but, up to x amount of years i mean he could demand a trade maybe he the best, but i i don't think that he necessarily wants to go anywhere it's just whether the bulls decide that he's not the future of the franchise which i think is is stupid on their part i think Jimmy Butler is the future of the franchise but they for some reason would rather invest in Dwayne Wade and you know whoever else they feel like
2: putting I just don't see what they what else they can do
0: well they I, I mean we were so skeptical when they signed Dwayne Wade and Rondo they basically surrounded Jimmy Butler with
2: people who can't shoot yeah and I they remember they all of the away. articles in the preseason Yeah, they traded away
0: uh Doug McDermott they, they they literally have just blown up this team they you know they just have done such a miserable job in the front office i feel like surrounding jimmy butler with talent they were able to swindle the eighth seed but jimmy butler deserves so much more on the court that he's not getting because they're running plays for Dwayne wade yeah it's like hoiberg's the problem but i don't think they're going to try and fire him no definitely not so i think the cost goes down if the celtics win the series i think if the bulls win the series jimmy butler's going nowhere
2: oh no they're they're holding on to him for sure
0: But, but yeah they lose, I think suddenly Ainge can say, look, you, know, you really need to, to blow this thing up. I've got picks. I've got players.
2: What do you want? And we probably would be able to trade Jay Crowder for him. Not straight up, but he'd be a no, part no, of No, 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 of course deal. not straight up, but he would probably be able to part, be a part of a deal. Yeah. I mean, they went to the same school, for Christ's sake. Yeah, which uh, is
0: I... sad. I mean, I wish, that, <laughs> I wish that we could keep Jay alongside Jimmy.
2: Oh, that would be great.
0: Like, I, I, I would be cool with an Avery. I think Avery, Avery Bradley would be a guy that the Bulls really want. I think Avery Bradley's a guy that any team really wants. Avery I mean, Bradley
2: pick. and the Nets pick?
0: Yeah, well, so Avery Bradley, Nets pick, and then salary match.
2: So, and, like a Kelly Olinick?
0: Yeah, well, so keep in mind we have to extend these guys in order to make them. Olinick is a
2: restricted. Oh, yeah, he's a restricted free agent. Yeah. So,
0: we'd have to match, but it's, um, and this is where Justin is, is the best, but.
2: Yeah, all these numbers. I'm like so bad with salary cap stuff, and
0: yeah, yeah. But so Kelly, yeah. I mean, we'd have to find some way to make the money work. But you know, AB and the Brooklyn pick being the core, that then, should be enough. Yeah, I would hope that it would, but I feel like there has to be at least one more solid piece. Whether it's like, do we have any like competent? Maybe it's one of our our guys that are overseas.
2: What if they ask for Marcus Smart? I
0: think they might. I don't know. I don't want to give up both Marcus Smart and Avery Bradley because then we uh, yeah, lose like all of our two guards. You know, yeah. I, mean, I still, still got Terry Rozier but I still, I don't want to lose both of them.
2: What about Terry Rozier?
0: Terry Rozier, Avery Bradley, Bradley Brooklyn. and
2: Brooklyn. Yeah.
0: That I think would be a solid deal.
2: I can definitely see Terry in Chicago. I don't know it's, it would just fit I think.
0: And then James Young.
2: Okay. <laughs> just cuz. <'cause. laughs> Just because. I almost forgot he was on the team.
0: Yeah, well, it it won't be for long. Yeah, definitely not. uh, Okay, so quick rundown. We'll kind of run through these really quick. Quick summary. Gordon Hayward, okay, we'll go with uh, if they win the series, lose the series, what do you think is going to happen? Gordon Hayward, they win the series, what do you think is going to happen?
2: If they win the series, I don't think he's going anywhere. Lose the series? He's, He's out.
0: Clippers, win the series, Blake Griffin. He's out. Lose the series? He's out. You think he's out either way? <laughs> he's out either way. <laughs> All right. Uh, chances of Paul George being traded, having been swept, do you think it, you know, that they're going to hold on to him to the trade deadline or just wait until his contract ends?
2: I think there might be a sense of urgency to get rid of him, to get something for him. I think the haul for him might be bigger now than it would be um during the trade deadline, but who's to say? might be totally vice versa. But I think I think they try to do something or get something for him now.
0: Jimmy Butler, Bulls win the series?
2: Well, oh, they're, since they're not going to win this series... Uh, yeah, some good to knock on? I think if they were to win the series, they would keep him. If they lose the series, I don't think there's a sense of urgency to get rid of him. I think that they would probably wait until the trade deadline. They shouldn't trade
0: you know him. But This Bulls front office has been so weird.
2: Exactly. It's like the Kings
0: front, not, front office. Not quite as bad. Not as bad. Close. But
2: close enough. All
0: right. Well, if any of those trades do happen, you guys can obviously hear about it here on Celtics Life and on the podcast. Uh, any other wild cards that you want to hit on, if you feel like are important?
2: There is... Um, Taj Gibson.
0: Taj? Well, yeah, He was on the... So you got traded from the Bulls to the Thunder. Thunder yep. lost in six?
2: Yeah, so that might factor. They lost in
0: five. Five? Oh, yeah, they only won the one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll factor in. Is he... I mean, he doesn't necessarily have any loyalty to the Thunder with that no, trade. No, he's only I been
2: there for half, half, of, half a year. Yeah,
0: otherwise, he spent a ton of his career with... with Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, no, I that's that's interesting. That is a good wild card for sure.
2: Yeah, I I I like him. Uh he can shoot. Can play defense. I, I remember him blocking a bunch of shots against Boston um when he was with Chicago, I forget last year or early early this year. Mm-hmm. Um so he's definitely a, a good defensive presence and he can shoot. Yeah. Which helps. And he's a veteran. Yeah. So well, I I don't think it would hurt. No, yeah. To have no. him like coming off the bench or something. I think it's a, it would be a solid very very solid under the radar addition.
0: I've also heard he's a really good locker room
2: guy. He seems like it. He seems like a like a pretty really fun, fun guy. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's actually I I totally appreciate that. That's that's a good good wild card. Um and free we'll obviously have a ton of stuff on free agency as it comes up. Just wanted to take a look at the playoffs, kind of find an interesting way to look at the playoffs right now. Heading towards the second round some of the series are wrapped up but for you celtics life readers check out the links to the top of celticslife.com where we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies and you can even get tickets to the next game under that heading you want to see some playoff basketball game seven if we go to it it's in boston you gotta go you can find the pod on itunes stitcher blog talk radio soundcloud and mixcloud make sure you subscribe so that you never miss an episode and if you like what you hear We'd really appreciate it if you rate us five stars. It helps people see the podcast and kind of just helps us all out. So if you don't like something or you have a suggestion, let us know. You can hit reach out to us on Twitter, Celtics Life, comments on the posts that we put up for the podcast. We just want to bring you guys the Celtics coverage that you want just the way you like it. One last time, I'm Topher Lane, alongside Luis Gonzalez. Anything you want to hit on, man?
2: No, I'm just hoping we close out tomorrow. I don't want no Game 7s. Friday night? Yeah, if we do go to Game 7, that's... Yeah, I
0: don't want to say it, but
2: have to do. yeah, game seven, game seven is making me super nervous. I just, my palms are sweaty the entire game. <laughs> I, I can't handle it. I, I can't. <laughs> well, uh,
0: <laughs> on that note, we'll have <laughs> that recap, uh, coming on Celtics life and, uh, definitely podcasts over the course of the week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Go Celtics. Yep.